Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Near-death experiences are always fascinating to hear. They can be different, but many of them have similarities, such as going to a light, feeling unconditional love from the other side, and so many other things. I'd like you to meet Karen Blance Thomas, who had a near-death experience well over 30 years ago, but its memory is crystal clear, which is something you'll find is very common to near-death experiencers. They can remember them more clear than any memory they've ever had. Welcome, Karen. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And we are happy to have you. Karen, tell us your story. And when was your near-death experience? My near-death experience was so long ago. It was uh, 35 years ago. Um, At that time, I was just uh, a a young mom. Yeah. Um, Well, fairly young. I was 32. And my kids were nine and six. And um, my husband and I had moved from our home in upstate New York to Alaska. Wow. Uh, my husband had a, actually had a friend from the Navy who had always lived in Alaska, and he had contacted us and thought that there would be work available for my husband and I both, and he encouraged us to come and make the move, and so we did. We moved up to Alaska. Where in Alaska? Um, it was a, a little town called Eagle River, and it's um, outside of it's like a, a suburban area to Anchorage. Uh, Alaska. And my husband was working on the oil field, the Prudhoe. And I was working in the main um, trauma hospital in Anchorage. Um, At at that time, it was Alaska Hospital and Medical Center, Um, later became Humana Hospital. Um, My my, uh, career is physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to, to get a job working in the physical therapy department there. Wow. And so and, what happened? Well, what happened? Um, five years before, I had had um, an injury to my low back, and I had a ruptured disc and had to have a laminectomy. And then in working with some of the um, more stressful, uh, traumatic patients that we had to work with in that center, um, I ended up having an incident happen that caused me to rupture another disc in my back. And so had gone through conservative treatment, uh, physical therapy, um, injections, all sorts of things. And it came down to having to have surgery because it just simply was not responding. Um, So I was set up for surgery and was one of the first uh, surgical patients in the morning, right in the same hospital where I worked. And my husband and and the kids came into the hospital and... um, were there to walk beside the stretchers. They brought me down to to the operating room. And in the operating room, um, they were having me on my stomach to be able to open up my back to do the surgery. And I remember the the anesthetic coming in through the IV, and that was all, then it was lights out. Um, Until suddenly my awareness was that I was, about three or four inches from the ceiling tiles Hmm. and looking at these ceiling tiles from very close up and and being totally puzzled as to why that was happening until I started hearing um, the surgeons uh, swearing and hearing uh, the anesthesiologist saying that the blood pressure had bottomed out and a nurse running out to get uh, blood transfusion and and my awareness then was back at at the op, the operating room table where I could see they were in the process of flipping my body from 
face down to face up. And I realized that that was me with this very white face that I was looking at. Wow. And um, and seeing the, the turmoil that was happening in there. And I immediately thought that I must be dead. But I was totally calm and unconcerned about that body down there. Um, but did have some concern for, oh, my husband and the kids. They're in a waiting room. Mm-hmm. And so I had this desire to to go to them, to, to let them know that I was okay. And as soon as I had that desire, I began to drift, and I literally drifted through the wall of the operating room and out into the hallway that they had brought me down after getting in the OR suite. And so I went back the way I had had come on the stretcher, and I just drifted along, drifted through double doors um, going into the OR suite and out into another hallway. And at this point, I, um, I suddenly realized that I was able to hear the thoughts of people. And I saw this man in a brown jacket and pants and Um, carrying a bag, and he was in a big hurry, and he was heading past open elevator doors and toward the operating suite, and in his mind, I could hear him thinking, I've got to get in there. I have to get in there fast. i got to get there as soon as I can. i got to get there, and at the same time, there was another man that prior to this I hadn't been aware of was closer to those operating room doors. And I'm hearing his thoughts of, what's that guy doing thinking he can go in the OR? You know, he he's not allowed in there. But, you know, what's he doing? And at that exact same moment, another voice from outside my consciousness said to me, look at this man. It's important. Remember it. And so I I looked closely at the guy who was rushing and I looked at, you know, his facial features and, you know, his clothing and everything. And as soon as that voice said that to me and I watched him, watch the man open up the automatic doors and then go into the OR suite, as soon as he was out of sight, my own volition of trying to head toward the waiting room and my husband and my kids was gone. And it was as though I was on a tractor beam that now had me and was moving me rather than me, my intention moving me. Hmm. And it began pulling me up through the ceiling of that floor and through the area where the heat ducts and the wires are and up to the next floor and then through another floor and up through that floor and finally out completely out of the roof of the hospital itself and up into the sky up above it where I could see the mountains in the background. They were fairly close to where the hospital was. And then after that much of going up in the air, which was like easily as high as the mountains, suddenly the direction of pull was more lateral and I was going even faster and I was going very fast uh, over the city of Anchorage itself and out toward the water. And uh, at just about the point where I would be hitting going over the water, instead of being over the water, I was within this very dark cave-like structure and very black. And um, and yet I'm, I'm calm. I'm perfectly, you know, comfortable. And at this point, it, it began... I began moving much, much faster than that. And very far in the distance, there was just a pinprick of light. And because of the speed that I was moving through this darkened area, um, that pinprick of light went from being a pinprick to getting bigger and bigger and bigger until the point where I suddenly burst into the light, the full light itself. And at that point, I was enveloped in this unbelievable, indescribable, immense love and peace and well-being and joy and 
all of the adjectives that don't begin to describe it, yeah. actually. Um, and I was just just overwhelmed with the, this this feeling. And also at this point, um, I thought, oh, where am I? So I looked down, thinking to look at at the ground, and I saw that where I should have feet, there was no feet, but there was ground, and it was a very dry brown ground, and there was rocks, different size rocks all over, and it was just a very arid-looking spot. And I remember thinking, oh, if I'm in heaven, I didn't expect it to be dry and rocky and brown, you know. <laughs> And then my attention was drawn by a telepathic voice that said, follow me. And as I turned to, to my left, I saw uh, there was a man going up an incline um, hillside. And as soon as I looked and heard that voice inside my head, I was immediately right behind him going up this incline. So I had time to examine the back of him. And I saw that... Um, he he had almost black hair, quite long, pulled back and tied with a leather tie. He had a toga-like clothing on that was like mid-thigh or close above the knee. Mm-hmm. And he had sandals with leather ties that crisscrossed, wrapped up his calves. And my instant thought was, that's not Jesus. Because, again, I was very... I was very much into a fundamentalist type of Christian faith at that point in time. So I thought I had the answers. I thought I knew if I'm dead, exactly what should happen and who should be there. And that it it should be absent from the body and present with with Christ. Mm -hmm. So it startled me and and it threw me off base. But I followed him. So he went up over the lip of this inclined area. And when we came up over that, then it was an entirely different scene. And it was a gorgeous green meadow. We'll be back in just a moment to hear more from Karen. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash the Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot shades. 
Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost? Thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can help detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in your way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with Karen Blance Thomas talking about her NDE, near-death experience, when she was waking up in a meadow filled with flowers. Flowers of all different kinds, kinds that I didn't ever remember having seen before. But the most important thing was I, I felt that this light that was everywhere was also within the grass within the flowers, and it gave the flowers almost a neon light about them. And the same with the leaves and the trees. uh, It was just stunning. So I was just mesmerized and must have been taking it in for a period of time because my guide had gone on ahead, and he again communicated with me telepathically, and he said, come here. And this was across the meadow into the bank of a river. And this river was just glistening, diamond, beautiful. And on the opposite bank of this river was my father who had died when I was seven. Wow. And my brother who'd been killed in a car accident when I was 23. And various aunts and uncles who had passed away. And even there were four people that I had never met in this life, but I instantly knew were my four grandparents who had already died before I was born. And a whole group of others that, you know, were my deceased family. How did they look? They they looked young. They looked like they were around the same age that I was, actually. But it wasn't their looks that made me know who they were. It was their spirit was able to communicate with mine and we knew each other at that depth of who we were and how we were we were family and it was this huge welcoming homecoming you know family reunion feeling of oh wow she's here isn't it wonderful she's here and of course i felt the same way and so i wanted to be across that water i wanted to be with them instantly And my guide said, no, there's something else we have to do first. And so I was so disappointed. I I really wanted to go. But he said, no, somewhere else we have to go first. So I had to follow him. And so I went behind him down along the bank of the river and around a curve and into an opening where there was this immense building that was pearlescent white. It it glowed actually so white and glistening. And it was like a a Roman or Greek temple. It had all kinds of, you know, so many stairs up the front and big columns in the front. And it was just gorgeous. And there were other people, other spirits there, um, some going up the stairs, some coming down, some in groups talking with one another. Everyone dressed pretty much just in in simple flowing, light-colored clothing. And 
So my guide went up to the, the doorway and again said, follow me, we're going inside. And so I was instantly up behind him as he opened the doors and we went into this immense long room that on the sides, it just went up for stories and it was completely filled with books and scrolls and things and down through the middle of this long room were tables and there were people sitting at the tables and were looking at, at, at books and he said, my guide communicated to me, this is the place where the book of life is stored. And that meant something to me from my knowledge of the Bible. And I, you know, I thought, oh, wow, this is amazing. And I wanted to look around and explore. And he said, no, we're going to another place at the back. So we walked through this whole long room and down into a hallway and, and through a doorway into a much smaller room. And in this smaller room, there was a whole oval area of spirit people who were sitting and waiting for us to come in. And in the center of this oval, instead of a table, there was like what I'd call, I compare it to like a glass bottom boat um, because it was like a screen, but like you could see through it, like when, when you're in a glass bottom boat. Right. And, and they communicated to me that they were the, the spiritual people who had been with me and had helped me plan my lifetime and that now we were going to review what had happened in my life up to this point. And so at that point in time, this screened area or that glass bottom boat area, it became like a hologram. And I was instantly within the hologram being myself once again in all of the things that had happened in my life up to that point. Um, and more importantly, also being pe the people I was interacting with so that I could feel what they were feeling because of what I was saying to them or how I acted to them uh, or vice versa, you know, how they were acting to me and what I was feeling. It was all the feelings and the emotions involved in what I had done when I had done things that had made people feel better. And when I had done things that had caused people to, to feel hurt. And, you know, so it was really an amazing, powerful experience that seemed to happen just like instantly. And though all of the people who were there, none of them were doing anything but sending me love and support. I was feeling bad, you know, looking at my sure. at situations and saying, oh, why didn't I thus and such? Oh, if only I had done this instead of this, you know, and if only I had realized when this person did this thing to me that hurt me, uh -huh. they, they weren't really meaning to hurt me or they met it in a totally different way than I had taken it. Right. Um, so all of that took place very, very, it seemed like very quickly, but very intimately and detailed at the same time. It, because time is just kind of not like it is here. So it's hard to put it into a time context to explain it to someone. Karen, did they make you feel better? Yep. And it was all the the feeling that I was getting from them was that that's fine. You know, you that is what life is. And we're just showing you this to give you a context, more or less. And okay. we love you. And we know that that you're a totally lovable person. And there was never any doubt in my mind that I wasn't fully loved in the time that I was there. <sighs> so it's at this point in my experience where I have a gap. I know something happened. I don't know what. And I have decided in the time since that it has to have been removed from my memory for a reason. And so not sure what happened okay. after this room. But then it picks up again, and I'm in a totally different spot with my guide, and he's saying, oh, wait, I missed a part. Um, with the life review, I not only had the life review portion, but they also communicated to me at that point, you can stay or you can return to your life. And 
They said, if you return to your life before you decide, we want to show you some things through this hologram of what will happen if you go back and some things that may happen if you decide to return to your life. Wow. And, and so they showed me, and it was all related to me personally. It wasn't like the future of the earth or right. you know anything like that. And so that was the last thing that, that I have a, a, a memory of until the point where I'm with my guide in another spot. And in this other place, it's a, again, it's a, a smaller room, but just him and I. And he's saying, I want to show you what's happening in the hospital. And so it was as though I could see down through the ceiling of the waiting room that my husband and my two kids were in. And I could see the doctor who had been operating on me coming to the doorway in his scrubs and my husband getting up from a little couch in this waiting room and going over to the doorway and standing there by him. And then all of a sudden I was aware of, of my kids being there and them being scared. And then my guide said, while you're seeing this, I want to show you those prayers of the people that you ask to pray for you. And so off to the side as though it was kind of to the side of this uh, one picture that I'm being shown, I see all of these prayers rising up and each of the prayers had its own vibration. And so it was like, it was being shown to me physically like a musical note. So one prayer had this musical note and the next one had an, another and the next one had another and they were like linking one to another. And then the very closest prayer and last prayer that I was shown was my daughter praying that I would live because she was afraid I was dead. And at that point, Got to get myself together. <laughs> That's okay. Take all the time you need. We appreciate you sharing. All of the um, emotion of my life came back to me where I had been totally calm and detached through everything that had happened up to that point. It was as though that last prayer kind of linked me back into my human Karen emotion and my my desire to not have my kids grow up without me and to be back to be there for them. And so it it made the decision for me that I needed to return to my life. And uh, once I did make that decision, my guide said to me, you will have proof. You'll be allowed to have proof that this did happen to you and that it was real. But you're not going to be able to remember everything that has happened to here. Karen, we need to take a short break, and then we'll let you continue when we come back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The four. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The best afterlife information you can get while you're alive. Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with Karen Blance Thomas. Karen, could you remind us what your guide started to tell you about what you would remember? You're not going to be able to remember everything that has happened to here, and you won't be allowed to remember the things about your future that you were shown, because if you did, your choices would no longer be your free will. They would be colored by what you knew was supposed to happen or was going to happen. So you won't remember those things. Um, but yes, you can return. And so it, it, that's the last thing I remember until I was waking up in the recovery room and my husband and my kids were beside the stretcher with me. And instantly, as I woke up, I was completely infilled with all that immense love and peace and um, that pure knowing that God loved me so much and that I was so important and I was so safe. And it filled me and it also filled an area around me like a protective bubble. And I knew that and I remembered all of my experience and I knew immediately that that was my proof that it, it actually had happened. Um, because otherwise, you know, I hadn't ever experienced anything like that before. And there it was, and along with the memory of what had just taken place. And, um, so that was, that was really very neat. And then later in the hospital in recovery, one day as after I got out of intensive care, this doctor came in to follow up with me. And as he walked in the room, I realized that he was the doctor that I, or the person that I had seen running toward the OR room Mm -hmm. when I was out of body. And so I knew that's why it was important for me to look at him and to remember him, because that was another proof for me as well, that it had actually happened. And in fact, later on, when I went to a follow-up appointment with him, I talked to him and I said, the day that my surgery happened, this is what I saw. You know, I actually was able to be out of my body and I saw you coming in, you know, and rushing toward those doors. And I said, you were wearing just regular clothes, a brown jacket and stuff. And and is that what really happened? And he said, yes. He said, I wasn't in on call in the hospital. I was at my office. And they paged me at my office stat to come in to see if I was going to be able to save your life. And so he said, yes, that, that's what happened. I you know, came from outside the hospital. That's incredible. And good for you for sharing your story, because I think so many people are afraid to share what happened. Yeah, I was afraid to. The original doctor who operated on me, I never did tell him about what happened. And this particular doctor 
partly because I wanted to verify again, because I'm, I'm that type of a person, but also because he was so kind and so personable that I thought, well, he may laugh at me. He may, you know, say, no, that, that doesn't have anything to do with what really happened. But I knew that it would be gentle, even if he did, did, because he just was that type of a person. You could trust him. Yeah, I could trust him. So, um, so that was my experience. And, um, you know, it, it's for a very long time after that, it was pretty difficult because a lot of what I had firmly believed and thought that I knew in terms of religion and, you know, being saved or not being saved and what heaven must be or what not, not be, it just no longer fit with my actual experience. And so integrating back into my life was was difficult for quite a while. Yeah, there's lots of stories that I hear, uh, great stories of people that have these near-death experiences. And while they may be great while they experience them, when they get back, life is not so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. Um, because you know, People don't believe you when you, you know, when you tell them about what happened or they think you hallucinated or they they just kind of give you that's all right, dear, you know, very or did for a long time. I should say people are a lot more different now than they were. And I since I've found IONS, you know, International Association for Near Death Studies, which happens to be headquartered not far from where I am here, where we retired to, oh, wow. which I didn't know at the time we retired here. Um, it's been very different for me. And I'm, you know, a lot of things have changed over my life. Really great. Let me ask you, Karen, when you had your experience, how clear was your vision and your hearing? Um, extremely clear, much more clear than I'm I'm a person who's been nearsighted from the time I was like, I got my first glasses when I was seven. And so without my glasses, I can't see my hand in front of my face hardly. Right. Um, but everything was crystal clear and the ability to almost be able to uh, look through a microscope, if you, if you know what I mean. Like when I was told to pay attention to this man, this is important. I was able to zero in on his facial features and, you know, what he was wearing and who he was, you know, up close without actually being up close. It was like I wanted to see it close. I could see it close, you know, and that was the way everything was when I was looking at the, the flowers, when I was looking at all of the different things that I could see, I could see them in much closer, vibrant detail than I ever could have without my glasses here. <laughs> I love stories like this because I know there have been blind people that have never had vision yet can see when they have a near-death experience. Ken Ring did so many studies on that and even wrote a book about it. They can see faces, colors. It's just incredible. Also, Karen, you tell this story like it happened yesterday. How clear does the memory survive 35 years later? Um, definitely more clear than pretty much anything else um, because it, it's it's a memory, but it's it's more than a memory because each time you tell it, a portion of your consciousness is literally reliving it, and it's that detailed. Whereas if you asked me if I went into the hospital that I worked in in Anchorage, what would be, which direction would I turn to go to the physical therapy department that I worked in 35 years ago? I literally could not tell you that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember it that well. I don't remember where where the doctor's office was that I went to when I, I did say to him, this is what happened. Can you confirm it? I remember, you know, his response that it was like, how did could you know that? And yes, that's what happened. But to tell you, how did I drive from where I lived in Eagle River to where his office was? I don't remember that 
that well anymore. So it's it's on a totally different plane of memory than any other experience. Mm. Every single person I've spoken with that has had a near-death experience is very similar. They say it's crystal clear like it just happened yesterday, and they can remember each and every step. I had talked to a woman in her 80s, and she had had a near-death experience when she was five or seven years old, and the memory is still crystal clear. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that's recently happened because of um, my interaction with some of the the scientists and researchers um, in near-death experiences and and people who have spoken at, at the conferences, there's a great deal of study that's been going into where does the consciousness that happens in a near-death experience come from if the brain is not functional. And if you accept the scientific explanation that all consciousness is produced by the brain, how is that possible? And so in thinking about that in depth, I realized, and I shared this with a couple of the researchers who found it very, very interesting and important. I realized that when I became conscious in, in the recovery room, that as I ex- just explained to you, my memory of what had just taken place with my near-death experience was crystal clear, was just absolutely right there. Plus, with that whole bubble of love and, and peace. But my consciousness of myself, my physical body, and what had just taken place was very muddled because I was coming out of anesthesia. Mm-hmm. And so I was so muddled that I knew I was in the hospital. I knew that, you know, I was in a recovery room, but I couldn't, I wasn't sure what had happened to me that made me be in the hospital and in a recovery room. I wasn't remembering that my my back was being operated on because I had an, a ruptured disc and I had a big bloated stomach with staples all down the front of it. And my first feeling was, well, did I just have a baby? Mm-hmm. Um, because I had this pain in my stomach. Mm-hmm. I know hospital. I mean, so what I figured out was that I was operating with two different consciousnesses right. at the same time. And then I realized that when I was in the operating room, the consciousness that was run by my brain was unconscious. It was under anesthesia. And only my consciousness that I was operating through during my near-death experience was operational. And when I came back into my body, both were there initially, one very muddled, one very clear. And that has been real interesting to some of the scientists that are working on the fact that they truly believe that not all consciousness is generated by the brain um, and that there is consciousness able to be operating for you when the brain is not operational at all. It's time for a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift. 
and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. You sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What does one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting so you really saw a ufo well yeah it was so intense but not as intense as meeting you you're an alien chasing flirt but i kind of like it wow this paranormal date.com thing really works maybe paranormal date.com is for you people with an interest in things they hear on george's show find their match daily so if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in ufos ghosts aliens big Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Nori. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. The internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It can also expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your favorite shows. Back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with Karen Blance Thomas sharing her near-death experience. Karen, it seems like you've had so many fascinating experiences within this one experience. And another fascinating thing, at least has been to me, for a long time after my near-death experience, of course, I was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole in terms of trying to fit my experience into classical, traditional Christianity. And as I would do so, anytime I was in church and there was scripture relating to punishment in hell or just sin and punishment and judgment, all of those things, I would have a sensation of grating against my spirit of this is not what I truly experienced. And so it was really difficult. I, I knew God was real. I knew Jesus was real. But I also knew that messages that were being presented as representing God and Jesus were not what I had actually experienced of being in that afterlife. 
And so I had a very hard time with that. And I began to turn to learning other forms of spirituality and looking at other faiths and looking at what were the foundational truths that were present in all different areas and what things were not the same. For a while, I I stepped away from the church completely, which was really difficult for my family and for my my marital relationship. Although I have to say I'm one of the very few, uh, well, not very few, but I think statistics show that 70-some percent of people who are married when they have a near-death experience end up in divorce. Yes, I've read that too. And that's because you truly are a different person than the person that they chose to marry. Mm-hmm. You know, so are there elements of who you are that remain that are solid enough to keep a relationship together or not depends on the individual, I think. And I've been very fortunate that although my husband and I did separate for a period of time, we worked and came back together and he came to know that the changes in me were not making me totally different person than who I was. They were just an expansion, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and a growth that I hadn't had prior to that point. So that was interesting. But in my spirituality, I also learned about meditation. And that was a, a tremendous help to me, too, because I had so many questions and felt like I didn't have places to turn for elaboration on what I had experienced and other than reading other books from other people, which back in 1982, there were not nearly as many of. So one of the questions that kept haunting me a lot was, who was my guide? Who was that person that I knew wasn't Jesus? So in meditation over time, I came to be able to get deep enough in meditation to be able to ask to reconnect with the guide who had been in my near-death experience. And so eventually, he actually showed himself to me again. And as he had looked in my near-death experience and said, I'm a spiritual guide, I'm your spiritual guide. That's why I was in your near-death experience with you. And he said, my name is Carlos. And I lived a lifetime on earth with you thousands of years ago in South America. And this all was downloaded to me in this deep meditation. And then it was a few weeks after that meditation that I attended a consciousness conference here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And in between sessions of this consciousness conference, which was fascinating and so interesting to me, Um, There was um, a a lady talking and a couple of people standing around her in between the sessions. And I was drawn to her for some reason. And she was talking about how she was a healing touch teacher and practitioner and that she had just returned from Peru Mm -hmm. where she had been teaching healing touch to local people in that area and then also visiting sacred sites while she was there. And in the course of her conversation telling people this, she said that one day she had been planning to go to this sacred site and the transportation fell through. But she said this young man who was from Argentina and attending the conference said, well, he knew where it was and, you know, he wouldn't mind taking her. And so um, she agreed and, and they went to the sacred site and she said she had been so impressed by this young man all through the conference because he just was so, had such a strong spiritual presence about him and was so natural at the healing touch and everything. And when they got to this sacred site, you know, she said that she had a vision of having lived in the time of that site and him also being there. And she said, I was so impressed that she says, I've decided to have him come to my holistic center here in Raleigh and get more advanced, you know, give him more advanced training. So she said, "Um, next week, Carlos is going to be coming. (laughs) So at this point, I burst into tears, you know, and she's looking at who's this strange lady standing here, (laughs) bursting into tears. 
So I told her my near-death story. I told her my meditation story. And she says, oh, I've got a picture of him on my phone. Can I show it to you? And so she brought up the picture of him on the phone. And it was my spiritual guy. I mean, no. other than being in modern clothes, right. it was him. And then she showed me the picture of the, the site that they had visited. And it was exactly like where I first came out of the cave-like tunnel area in my near-death experience. And it was this dry, rocky ground and stuff. It was exactly like that. So I told her that, you know, when we had come up over this incline area, that it was suddenly totally different and it was lush and green. And she says, that's exactly what it's like at um, Caral Supe is the name of the, the site. Um, she said, because it's down in an area where it's very dry, but then up over as you come up and out of it, she said, it's very close to the ocean and the, the, the breezes and the, uh, and the moisture that comes off the ocean make it all very green and lush just outside of that area. So I got to meet him when he came to Raleigh and he had this immense connection as I did to him. And he said, I don't understand this or, you know, have any memory of your near death experience or anything. But he said, I just, I know what you're telling me is true and that there is a connection. Oh, that is so great. We can't even begin to know how things work. I'm glad you brought up meditation, Karen, because there's so much value in quieting the mind, going in, being still. In fact, one of my friends recently told me, you know the quote, don't just sit there, do something? He changed it to, don't just do something, sit there. <laughs> I also love when you spoke about your guides helping us plan what we're going to learn while we're here. Yeah, and since that time, particularly after I met Car the Carlos, I was just so blown away because I thought, I'm thinking in linear time, you know, and I'm, I actually asked him, when were you born, you know, and how old are you now? And, and I figured out that at, at the time that I had my near-death experience, he was literally two years old. And so he was already born here on earth. And I thought, how can that possibly be? You know, how can he be? Uh, my spiritual guide and have been two years old when my near, I'm thinking all this linear time thing. And then I was directed to um, the books by Michael Newton. Have you heard of the oh, journey of souls, journey of souls, right. And destiny of souls. And so I began reading those books and sure enough, I found in I, a section and I think it was his second book where he talked about the fact um, that, when people choose to incarnate on earth, they don't take their entire soul, spiritual essence with them. They a, a portion of it remains on the other side. And that it's also possible for a person to be have their spiritual guide actually incarnate in the same lifespan time frame of the person that they're a spiritual guide to because the portion of their spirit that's still on the other side can fully be their spiritual guide, you know, not restricted by time in any way. And yet they can incarnate as a totally new person and come in contact with, you know, the person that they're a spiritual guide for. And then he gave some examples of people where that had taken place and he said sometimes they only meet one another in passing. Sometimes they have an important thing that they serve um, for that person. And in other times, they're very intimately involved in the person's life. And so that really answered that unsolvable muddle. Oh, I do believe most of our lives are an unsolvable muddle. <laughs> and just maybe we'll have access to the bigger picture when it's our time to depart this earth. Karen, thank you so much for being our guest today. Oh, you're very welcome. And to you, fabulous listeners, thank you so much for listening today. You know, there's so much we can learn from the near-death experiences. Things like the life review. How many things can we 
deal with while we're still here instead of waiting till we review them on the other side. Make amends now. Forgive yourself. That's all good things to do. Also, if you are interested, we brought up the website ians.org. There's also a good website called nderf.org. That's the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, where there are over 4,800 experiences. Our home base is the same name as my book, We Don't Die. And you can also go to sandrachamplain.com. Takes you to the same place. We have so many upcoming great things all about the afterlife. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. You've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.